Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. Our first reading comes from Acts 16, 9 to 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When Paul had seen the vision, he immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to, that God had called us to proclaim the good news to him. So we set sail from Troas and set straight course to Samothrace the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi. Whew, that was an easy one which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. Uh, We remained in this city for some days, and on the Sabbath we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she urged us and said, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Jesus answered Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me, does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. The summer before my freshman year of high school, my parents made plans to go on a trip. We're going to rent a car, and we're going to drive all over the English countryside. And so we did. We went, we saw castle ruins, We saw Stonehenge. We even saw the White Cliffs of Dover. You like my little photo memory time here? We spent 10 days in a car together, waking up each morning to head out on a new adventure. Now on our flight over, the airlines announced that they had a little problem. They were overbooked, and they wanted customers to take a later flight And in exchange, they'd give them a travel voucher. So my parents heard about this announcement and immediately began to think, wow, we could get tickets to go on our next trip on this trip before we've even started it. And so we did. And we set off on this whirlwind adventure with a significant delay at the very uh, beginning, which Uh, led to a very long taxi drive from one end of London to the other just to get to our hotel. And so as we kind of got settled in, one of the first things that we had on our agenda was to take a tour in one of those 
double-decker buses that you know in London. Uh, and so I remember going on this tour, and as we come to the, you know, come to the end of the tour, I remember asking my mom, hey, I thought we were going to go see Big Ben. And she, recognizing the significant jet lag that I had, said, oh, we already saw Big Ben. I basically slept through the whole thing. I was so thrown off on that trip, and it just, it, it was a chaotic mess of everything being planned and routine and uh, everywhere that we go our itinerary uh, seemed to be booked solid it was a very fast pace with lots of hiking around castle ruins but also climbing up these high cathedrals to get to the highest point in each town that we were in Uh, I was exhausted and I was also a teenager stuck in a tiny car for a week and a half with my parents I was definitely too cool for this trip So when we arrived home, it was time for us to decide what the next trip was going to be. What are we going to do with those travel vouchers? My parents wanted to visit uh, my dad's origin of of Germany. He wanted to go over and let's go over to see Germany. And his selling feature to this, kid you not, was his excitement to drive a car on the Autobahn. And I I got to thinking, great, more time in a car. Ah. So I, I... kind of took all the information in and thought, wow, you know, another long trip to a foreign country stuck in a car with my parents as a 15-year-old sounds great, but I'm going to pass. I said, I'm going to take my travel voucher, and I'm going to go fly out to California alone to see Grandma and Grandpa. Thank you very much. You know, I loved the sightseeing, but I decided then and there that I didn't need to see every single sight. And that's when our travels parted ways. Now, again, my parents and I, we would travel again together, but sure enough, you know, as they were able to take that trip over to Germany, I'm visiting Grandma and Grandpa in California. I went one direction, they went the other, and guess what happened? On their flight over to Germany, they got bumped again. (laughs) They got more travel vouchers, too, to be able to go to Norway the next year. Missed out on it. And and I could easily look back and think, wow, you know, I I really missed out on some, you know, some trips. But I also thought that it was an important kind of development in my own growing up years. This was kind of the first grown-up decision that I had to make. Was this something that I wanted to do? And then uh, being able to travel alone out to California planted a seed for me to be able to have this curiosity, uh, eventually being able to live abroad. And then Taryn would be my traveling companion on those trips. I think about how important travel is, especially in the book of Acts and also the people that you're traveling with and how that kind of shapes those experiences. You know, in the book of Acts, we notice how the apostles, they face similar growing pains in how they're going to be able to spread the good news of Jesus to the rest of the world. Uh, you've got the apostle Paul, who's, who's new to the party, essentially, and he wants to go and see all the sites. He wants to plant churches all over the world that's going to carry the message forward. And so together with Barnabas, I mean, they basically kind of Indiana Jones the map here. They go all over the place. They just, uh, they try to catch everybody to tell them the good news. If they don't, uh, if their message isn't welcome, they dust off their their, uh, sandals and they move on. And so this map, which continued to just grow and flourish, uh, was an example of how with Barnabas, Paul was able to be very successful in his missionary journey. He encouraged new believers, even if they were not... uh, 
even if they didn't have some of the customs, uh, he was like, look, this Jesus I'm telling you about, it, you don't have to convert to Judaism just to become a Christian. And so he wanted them to understand that. He, he recognized that that might have been asking them too much. And so what was core to his message was Jesus Christ died and rose for you. So Jew, Gentile, Greek or Roman, whatever it was, he was on fire for the gospel and he wanted to make sure that the church was able to grow rapidly. So after one of these trips, he goes back to Jerusalem. He's telling all of the other apostles about his trip and he's thrilled at the work of the Holy Spirit and everybody you know, is, is hearing about how the church is growing and they're asking him some more questions and they're like, well, tell us about how you know, some of the circumcision rituals went and how some of these other things went and, and he's like, oh, we didn't, we didn't do those. Um, and they're like, wait, you, you skipped a bunch of steps and they're like, that's not gonna work. And it created kind of a, a diverse or, or a divisive moment in the church where they had to figure out, well, what is the most important thing for us to do to move forward? And so as these reports were coming back about like what Paul had done, they started having this conversation and eventually they had a council. Two, um, you know, two different ways of looking at things and how are they going to move forward. And so he had some tough conversations, uh, but ultimately it's James, the brother, the brother of Jesus, who comes up with this declaration. He said, look, Paul's right. We're making things a little bit too difficult for others. We're upholding a standard that's impossible to meet. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to write out a letter for, you know, these are the essential things that you absolutely have to follow. And we're going to send it with you, Paul. This has got to be in your back pocket so that people um, have, you've got this credible source so people will know that you're, uh, you're working on, on the behalf of us and that all things are good. And Paul is okay with that. He's, he's like, all right, I'm ready to go. I want to go back out. I want to visit all these churches again. I want to go, you know, keep spreading the good news, seeing how things are going, uh, checking in with all the people that we've already met on our journey. And so as he's ready, he's packing everything up, ready to go, he's like, Barnabas, come on, buddy, let's go. And Barnabas is like, ah, I think we really should bring John Mark with us. Who's John Mark? We don't know, but he's a guy in the Bible who's like, he had been part of their journeys before. And at one point, John Mark didn't want to keep going. And Paul's like, I don't want to bring John Mark again. He deserted us the last time. We're not going to go through that again. And Barnabas is like, if we don't bring John Mark, I'm not going on the trip. <clears throat> okay. It was kind of like 14-year-old me. All right. John Mark and Barnabas sail this way. Paul comes across someone named Timothy. And the two of them say, well, we're going we're to go on this path. Timothy, a, a familiar name for us, uh, is one who... His mom was Jewish and his dad was Greek, bringing instant credibility wherever Paul went because of uh, his background and his knowledge of the culture and being able to, to be able to uh, be part of that with him. Also, it shows you just how important it was that Paul never did these journeys alone. He always had a partner with him. He was always able to go out into the world and have someone else who could kind of run ahead and be able to, to make a lot of these arrangements with him. And so this was an important part of his ministry. And so now it's time he's got a little bit more independence and Paul is able to respond to this vision that he has, this vision to go to Macedonia, something he probably wouldn't have done with Barnabas where it's like, no, we got to keep doing this and this. He's able to kind of veer off of the original route. He's able to chart a new course and they enter the town of Philippi. And it's on the Sabbath. They know that everyone in the city, they're, they're doing their own worship practices. So he goes out to the river. And that's where the women are gathered. And as they're preaching and they're telling the good news of Jesus, the women are listening. And suddenly a woman named Lydia, a dealer of purple cloth, of royalty, of someone with some wealth, 
She listens and she hears this message and she believes. She wants to be part of this mission. So much so that she says, me and my whole household, we are all going to become part of this mission. We will follow you. And takes it a step further. In fact, Paul and your companions, I'm going to welcome you into my home. Come, join me. And the writer says, and she prevailed upon us. And I keep thinking, how could we refuse her hospitality? In the church, we talk about a lot of things. You know, I I think about themes within the sermons. We talk about grace. We talk about mercy. We talk about how God calls us into mission, how we're called to live out into this world. We talk about love. We talk about service. We talk about forgiveness. We talk about all of these things and how we live our lives. Today, Lydia gives us an excellent example of how important hospitality is. Inviting and showing others how God has inspired us to live for the world. And this message is, I think, very timely if you consider what we've been through as a church in the last week. I share this message with you because I couldn't be more grateful at the partners in ministry that we have here. All of the many, many, many ways that Faith Lutheran has shown hospitality to the world this week. Like Paul, ministry is a team. It's about partnerships. It's about doing ministry together. And so starting last Sunday, we've had funerals. We've had funerals with volunteers running technology, leading in music, serving food. As Bill Klossner's family gathered and Al Radke's family gathered on Wednesday, they reflected on how much they truly appreciated the care and welcome and hospitality that this congregation provided them this week. On Thursday, we had to make a pivot. Remember last week, if you came in here, we still had all the butterflies in here. It's time to make a move. We're going to take down all the butterflies. The Easter decorations came down. The decorating team transformed the sanctuary into what it looks like now. And then on Friday and Saturday, this hospitality of faith was turned up, the volume to full force. More food, more music, more technology, more service, more servant leaders present in so many different ways everywhere popping up in order to be able to serve our community. We had Gwen Hansen's funeral on Friday morning, two years after she has died. And immediately, this place then converted and got ready to have a large visitation for Dylan. Food began to pour in. Parking lot attendants started showing up in their bright orange vests. Ideas for how to make things flow smoother popped up. Hosts showed up at each door to point people to where to go. New people to faith were welcomed into this place with smiling faces and with helpful guidance on where to go and how to get there. As hundreds of guests showed up in our church on Friday and Saturday to pay their respects, faith responded with welcome. While we ourselves are grieving, we knew how important it would be to have our place, our home, be a place where others could come in and grieve as well. Jesus promised his disciples an advocate would come, the Holy Spirit, and that this advocate would continue to teach and remind us of what Jesus said. 
think of all the ways that this church listens to the Spirit, how we are a Spirit-filled place. The congregation embraces that call and responds whenever we can. There's something awe-inspiring about that. To look around a crowded church and to see you, Faith Lutheran, showing up and being that church. Thank you, Faith. Thank you for being that church. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for your welcome. And so as our missionary journey will continue, we move forward together, partners in mission. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.